Here we go, here we go. Welcome to Police Pod Talk. Whoop, whoop, it's the police. Don't look in your rearview mirror. This podcast covers the latest police news, along with hitting the hot topics you've been talking about all week. I'm your host, Cleveland. Thank you for joining us. Hey folks, welcome back to Police Pod Talk. We're coming back at you again, and I have a special guest with me again today. Her name is Dee Campbell, and Dee is going to talk to us today about her role in missing persons. And Dee, you can say hello to the people out there. Hello, everyone. All right. And Dee, I'm going to open it up and just let you explain how you got involved, what is it you're doing, and all the years you've been into it. And just give us a rundown before we get too deep into all my questions. Go right ahead, Dee. I came involved with missing persons through the missing of my grandson, Kevin Nugent. Um, I didn't think much about the world and all of its situations going on because my world was pretty happy. And then I lost my grandson. And December the 9th of 2018, and... I didn't really get involved in missing persons at that time until Java, Teresa Juliet, came to one of our missing persons to look for Kevin the first week he was missing to search and try to find him. And she had came up to me and introduced herself to me and what Java was, and she was there to help support us and drive by Kevin. And I explained to her, I don't want to be a part of your group. I don't want to be a part of your club. I don't want to be a part of any of this. I just want to find my grandson. And she helped me, and she said, we don't want you to be. We want to find your grandson so you won't be that person that hurts. Mm -hmm. And since then, Teresa's been my shoulder. Java has been my friends. And they've all been there to try to find my grandson, Kevin. Okay. Okay. You said this happened back in December of 2018. Is that right? Yes, sir. Okay. Give us a little bit about your grandson. Tell us who he was. Paint the picture for us. Kevin was a prankster. He laughed. He loved his family. Him and his sister was just completely joined at the hip. He teased her all the time. She reciprocated as well. Mm -hmm. He loved his dad. His mom and family was his world. He loved to be an artist. He was a great artist. And he loved his music. He was an extremely good gamer. Mm -hmm. So he just thought he was going to make his fortune being a gamer. But him and his father used to have bonding time because of being a gamer. Right. So how old was Kevin? Kevin, when he he passed, Kevin was 25. Okay. He had just had a birthday, October the 4th of that year. Okay. And give us kind of what leads up to him becoming a missing person. What happened? Kevin had been to the Brass Rail and various other bars within the town in his five short, four short years of being able to go into a bar. Mm -hmm. But he had been into this bar before, and there was a young lady that he thought was going to sing. He had heard her sing in various other bars as well. Right. But as it turned out, she wasn't singing that year. I'm sorry, she wasn't singing that night, and as it turned out, she was pregnant, and um, they were friends. Um, Kevin had had a really good friend that he had 
been friends with since about middle school or so, all the way through high school. Mm -hmm. And so that's how he met this young lady that was a singer there that night. So he went to go see her. Okay. Then what happened? Kevin was dropped off by his family member, and he didn't drive because Kevin, most of the time, if he drank, he wouldn't drive. I mean, there were times, but still this night he didn't. And um, he was dropped off about 9... I'm sorry, about 1040-ish. And uh, he paid his fee to get in, which was, understand, $5. I understand he went up to the bar and got himself a drink, and he started to mingle. And within a very short window of less than an hour and 20 minutes, Kevin was kicked out of the bar. Do you know why he was kicked out? We heard that Kevin created a scene in there, but again, Kevin's the quiet person. He's a jokester with his friends, mm-hmm. and there wasn't a lot of people in there that Kevin knew. Right. Um, he did know the girl that, that was. He thought she was going to sing. Right. But there were witnesses that have said that Kevin, after a very short period of time, was not acting like Kevin. Hmm. And the activity that they had said Kevin was doing was certainly not Kevin's nature. Right. Uh, and the drink that he ordered, the first drink that he ordered, was a mixed drink. Mm-hmm. Kevin's drink before. One drink is not going to do him in. But his bar tab says that Kevin only had two drinks, two beers, two mixed drinks. Mm-hmm. That's it. And okay. his activity inside the bar was very mm-hmm. uh, unbecoming of Kevin. And um, at 12, a few minutes after 12, he paid his bar tab. Right. And uh, because they had already aggressively wanted him out of the bar. And he paid his bar tab, went outside, and had a slice of pizza from the Big Apple Pizza truck. Right. And um, from there, he went to the Arby's. Okay. And uh, he was seen on their video right. at Arby's. Right. That was the first one. He wasn't escorted. He just, they just kicked him out. Right. Okay. And, it was cold. He wasn't dressed smart, so he managed to get back into the bar several more times. Um, and each time he was uh, aggressively uh, not wanted there. And it's been told that the bouncer pulled him out back. And when I mean out back, there's an enclosure back there mm-hmm. that you can't see anything. I guess it's where they go and smoke right. and things like that. But that's where everybody used to congregate or does congregate okay and it was explained that the bouncer took him out back and uh, they didn't see him come back into the bar but somewhere along between one something and uh, when he went totally missing kevin was able to get back in the bar twice by the side door Mm -hmm. on uh, uh, the bar and when the last time kevin was escorted out of the bar um it was pretty rough out back and back where the car is parked. Right. And at that point is where Kevin lost his glasses in the disagreement that was going on out there. Now, you say it was pretty rough out back. What, what did that mean? What do you mean rough out back? They laid their hands on Kevin multiple times. Okay. And they managed to, I'll use the word beat him up, mm-hmm. to make him lose his glasses and he was able to stumble to get away from him. And okay. that's, that's when he was seen out at 
Arby's the second time. So do you know who the individuals were that were laying their hands on him out back? I can't stand and raise my hand in front of the judge. Right. But the bouncer that was in there that night, there were several of them. Mm -hmm. The daytime bartender that bartends during the day, and I don't know his daily schedule, but I know that Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays, he also bounces. Okay. And, uh, and I do know who he is. And the other bouncer that works there at times, mm -hmm. he was there that night. Mm -hmm. And I do know who he is. Okay. Um, the bartenders are bouncers when they need to be. Right. And so instead of calling the police at any given time of Kevin supposedly not getting along with the world, escalated. And then, of course, he comes back in. That escalates the uh, anger. Right. We told you to leave. You come back. You know? Right. So by the time the last episode happened, it was after just after two. Okay. Um, that one was pretty bad because Kevin at that time lost his um, glasses. And okay. you can see on the video from the Arby's tape that one side of Kevin's face was... Um, Looked like it. It was uh, darker than the other side, as though it was in the dirt or the okay. things of that nature. Okay. Now, when did you hear about anything? I mean, when did they get word to his parents or to you that he was not at Arby's and he was missing? When did he come up missing? Kevin wasn't even known to be at Arby's. Kevin. Well, he walked past. I'm sorry. Well, he no, walked past Arby's. So, yeah. when was the last thing that you guys knew when someone called you and said, "Hey, he's missing." No one called us that he was missing. He called his sister and to come get him. Okay, okay. And that was the text slash call. I think the young people call a text. A call, I call mm -hmm. it a call. Mm -hmm. But that to come get him. And okay. that was done from the bar. Okay. And when his sister gets up to go, she tells her mom, I'm going to go get Kevin. She tells her no. It's, it's too early in the morning. A single girl don't need to be outside. I'll go get him. Okay. So she left to go get him. And while she was sitting, by the time frame of the clock, the phone, the cameras that Brass Rail was finally decided to give to the police, she was sitting out front when Kevin was actually in the back of the bar. Okay. And from there... She's still out front waiting on him to come out, mm -hmm. and he's on his way to Arby's walking because there's no fence at that time. You could just walk through the field. Okay. And when she goes in to ask the bar, where's Kevin? And they said, um, he's not here. He got kicked out. Okay. And so she never saw Kevin. And Kevin at that time, per the cameras for the construction company across from Arby's and Arby's tapes, shows that Kevin crossed the street and um, at, when he was standing on the corner, the south side of the street, um, his phone must have rang because he picked, the camera shows he picks his hand up and looks at something in his hand and it flashes. And um, he didn't go to his ear. He didn't use both hands. So it's an assumption that he didn't answer the call. Come to find out the call slash text is from his mom. Okay. And he doesn't know she's coming to get him. He had no idea. He still thought it was his sister to mm -hmm. come get him. Mm -hmm. He gets to Arby's, and the cameras see him stumble a little bit. 
and uh, Kevin didn't have any alcohol after 12 o'clock when he closed his debt with the bar because I have a copy of his receipt. And at 2, two o'clock, almost 3, that alcohol is not in your system still, not for what Kevin drank. And Kevin didn't have his glasses, so his depth perception of how to raise your foot up to the curb, right. things of that nature. It, it looked like Kevin stumbled through his um, mental capacity or his physical capacity, but it's because he didn't have his glasses on. Mm-hmm. That's my thought. Um, his mother was still out front trying to find her son, and she couldn't find him, so she went home. Um, Kevin knew people in that area, so she thought, well, maybe he just went to their home. Right. The next morning at um, on Sunday, they just thought Kevin was at his friend's sleeping at all. They didn't, Kevin didn't come home. Kevin didn't answer his phone. Mm-hmm. And come Monday, they finally called the police and said he's missing. The police finally come out and took the report mm-hmm. and walked away. And my granddaughter, Leanne, said, hey, don't you want this picture? And the police go, oh, yeah, I'll need that. And so she got a picture and gave it to him. And um, so it was on a Monday after the uh, accident of Kevin being missing, and I call it an accident because um, Kevin wouldn't have done it just to be jumping a train and go to California. That's what the police tried to say is that Kevin exercised his 25 years as a male person. He can do what he wants, and so he's not missing. He's just out somewhere. Okay. So they filed the police report on Monday, and then from there, we started calling around his friends, trying to find Kevin. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin's a private person, so without Kevin's phone, you can't call his friends. But we, the, the few that we knew or they knew, right. his sister. Right. The police never went to the bar for a whole solid week to find out any information about Kevin being missing. And when we went to look for Kevin to have a search party finally, because Lance, my son, Kevin's dad, he was out of town working on on the job, and uh, he came back in town on Tuesday when Kevin wasn't found. And they started looking for Kevin everywhere and anywhere. And by our search and Facebook and condemning the bar, the videos and things like that, and the police, the police still, again, hadn't asked for the records or the cameras until the bar finally gave the records to the bar, to the police officers on um, Monday afternoon. Mm-hmm. That's one week and two days since Kevin was missing that the police got any contact with Kevin's um, missing information, minus the fact that his parents, one week prior, had filed a missing person. In, rest, in less than about 36 hours, they filed a missing person on Kevin, okay. and Kevin was never investigated. So the last anyone knew was the last video where he was walking and looking at his phone and kind of stumbled. No friends had any connection with him. Right from there, it's almost like he disappeared off the face of the earth, right? Yes, sir. When, oh. he, crossed, when he crossed the street at Arby's, right. he, he tried to get in. Okay. Of course, it's, clo- it's closed. Right. And uh, his first trip to Arby's around 1, he went to around the drive-through, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't let him in, and the lady said that he looked dis- disheveled. He looked okay. um, beat up. Okay. She said she was sorry that she couldn't let him in, and she told him that because okay. I went and spoke to her myself. And 
Then the next time he is seen again on the Arby's tape, he's outside trying to get in the door. Mm -hmm. wouldn't happen. So Kevin, at the alley there at um, Arby's, he crosses to the east side of the street. The cameras lose him on Arby's, but that construction company picked him up all the way from the corner of, of um, I believe that's Jefferson. Right. And uh, so the so both cameras had Kevin for a while. Okay. And at some point, he they lose him in Arby's tapes, and the construction continued to pick him up until Kevin stepped past the alley where there was a fence, and the camera loses him. Mm-hmm. Kevin doesn't go right because uh, when he goes to Washington, he, you would think he would turn right because he lives to the right, which is east down there. Um, right. And uh, cameras that, that that construction company doesn't show Kevin walking between the buildings because there's a drive that you can right. drive into this parking lot. It doesn't show Kevin walking there. And the way the traffic moves on Washington, mm-hmm. the speed of that traffic, as you see one car, as it gets to that alley, there's a big three or four-story building there. Mm-hmm. And then the traffic picks up. Right. The speed of that never slows down. For someone to pick up somebody. Right, right. And um, so for Kevin, his physical self was never seen after he stepped over the, past the alley to the to that fence. He was never seen and hasn't been seen since. Now, since then, I know you guys have put together different vigils. You've put out information about him. Um what have you been doing? You don't have to give up any information that you shouldn't, but what have you been doing with the police department? Have you been working with them to try to figure out things, or have they been communicating with you, the, your, your the, family, your family? The original detective didn't do anything for Kevin, and I use that because he was assigned the case when it became a missing person on a Monday when the papers were filed. But he never went to the bar and asked any questions he was involved with other cases, and the words that they put out was, Kevin was 25, he's a male, he's probably just holed up with somebody. And that just made more time for whatever happened to Kevin to just get further and further away from being found. And like I said, the police never even asked for the video. The bar just gives the video. And for a year, we tried to talk with the detective on this, and nothing. We couldn't get any answers. All he wanted to do is ask us or ask his father, well, what do you know? Tell me what you know. And my son would say, how about telling us what you know? Do your job. And they wouldn't tell my son anything. And I understand that to a degree. But you can give some kind of condolence of some, we're working on this really hard, you know. We understand what you're feeling, some kind of compassion. And my son just got angrier and angrier because he wasn't getting any support Mm -hmm. to find Kevin. Right. Then one day I went to the courts with Stacy Davis about her son Cody and I was there to support her and I believe that was about September of 19 and I happened to see Scott Tagmeyer there and he was the detective for Stacy Davis. Right. And after the uh, court had a recess for a little while I cornered him basically in the courtroom and told him who I was and handed him my business card and asked him if he would call me because we're not getting any help someplace else. And it looks like you 
you know, dig hard at things. With Stacy's case, uh, Stacy did a lot of work for her case, mm-hmm. and Scott Tagmar said he would be glad to. He said, "But I'm going on vacation, and uh, but I'll call you on Tuesday when I return." Right. And uh, he did uh, Tuesday afternoon late. He texted me and he goes, "I'm sorry I didn't get back to you sooner, but I just got back." So we did what he said, and I begged him to take Kevin's case. And finally, I heard that he did that he took Kevin's case. And so I was in communication with Scott Tagmar a lot. Mm-hmm. Anything that I heard, I'd pass to him. I know he can't give me everything because you got to keep some of that stuff, A, Bs, and Cs. But he did communicate with me, and uh, the first detective did not. He angered my son more than anything. And by the time Mr. Tagmar got the case, my son was done with the police because he was doing more for Kevin than the police were mm-hmm. at that time. So to your question, no, we didn't get much, didn't get much support, much anything, right. from December when Kevin went missing, until after September of nineteen, when I got Scott Tagmar to see what he could do about taking the case, right, and he did. Okay, so we're talking five years now. Yes, sir. Okay, and in five years, you've still been searching, sending out information, talking to people, because your your plan is to find him, right? Absolutely. Right? Alive Absolutely. and well. Alive and well. Right. If that's God's plan. Right. If not, we want to bring him home. And, again, without, I mean, I know some things you have to keep quiet, and you've probably been asked to. Is there any movement in this case? No, sir, there's not, which totally surprises me. Mm-hmm. It That bar... There was no communications, um, no pictures, even that night of the bar that was in there, the bands that were playing. Their band's trying to make a living. There were no pictures of that band that night at all, um, of what they're, you know, we're going to be at the brass rail at such and such. Mm -hmm. Nope, not anymore. All of that stuff has been gone. So you're saying that pictures or video of the band playing, no one... Providing any of that? Mm-mm. If there if there was some, and I'm not saying they're not, but that's a band trying to make a living. And when you look at these bands and other places that mm-hmm. they've sang right. and played, there's videos of them being there. Right, right. And so it's almost like anybody that was in that bar that night has never come forward, okay. has never came to the police. Even the girl that Kevin went to see that night, she refused and had every reason in her thoughts not to go She's pregnant. It's Christmas. My parents are coming. No, I'm not going to go downtown. She finally got forced to go downtown by Scott Tagmar. Mm-hmm. And uh, what he did say that she, she didn't share much of nothing. So she was no help. To not at biscuit. all. So again, five years. Yes, sir. Yes, you've sir. been looking, wondering what's going on. Yes, sir. In your mind, what is a thought that keeps coming up in your mind? It has to be a thought. In five years, what's going through your mind about where's he at? My thought is somebody that was in the bar that night that might have saw what was going on mm-hmm. or might have had a hand in it, and it was close to closing time. Kevin was seen walking. Somebody pulled up, and it wasn't on Washington because the camera's not picking that up, so it had to be further down towards oh, Henry's and you know Henry's and stuff. Okay. But somebody had to have either pulled up and pulled him into the car or someone pulled up and said, hey, you know, we saw what, what happened. Let us take you home because it's really cold outside that night. It was very cold. He mm-hmm. was not dressed for that at all. Right. 
I just feel like somebody has picked him up, and bad things went from there. Okay. So with all of this going on in the last five years, you've said you've run into Stacy a couple of times. How are you and Stacy working together on this? Stacy is part of Java. Okay. Stacy Davis is part of Java, and I met her through Java. And all of the Java girls are supporting me and my family mm-hmm. and trying to find Kevin. And if I just happen to say, you know, I heard that Kevin was over here at GM, everybody's ready. Anybody and everybody that can and with us will we'll jump on the bandwagon so much. Let's go. We've searched places that I'm quite sure we shouldn't have ever been in. <laughs> <laughs> I am quite sure. Uh, but with Stacy is the same as with Lindsay and uh, Amy, Angie, Nicole, Teresa. They're all Java leadership, and I'm grateful that they've asked me to be because it gives me a window into more help. Mm-hmm. You know, Stacy is um, she's very diligent when it comes to the to the uh, criminal part of the world. Right. Oh, you yeah. know, she's very knowledgeable, right. and uh, all the girls are born right here, so they know Fort Wayne. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's places that I didn't even think about mm-hmm. that some of them have said, you know, I don't know that it'll be this way, but let's go look. Right. So we look. Mm-hmm. So. By helping or everyone helping you and you doing this with Stacy, you've also been involved now with even more missing persons cases. I have, yeah. Okay, can can you speak about that just a little bit? It's being a missing person is a giant hole that never gets filled. Mm-hmm. Where someone and I don't mean to be cruel, but someone who's lost a loved one to homicide or to drug overdose, when you feel sad or when you want to touch or be close, you have a headstone. Mm-hmm. A missing person is an absolute valley hole that can never be measured. Right. You have no place to go. Right. And I found through trying to reach out to missing persons that missing persons' families are not okay with bringing back uh, their missing loved one because they've looked and did their own digging when that when that time happened and probably weeks and months years later but at some point i feel like some of the missing persons have said you know i'm i feel like he's with god or i feel mm-hmm. like kevin did just go on and have a, not kevin i'm sorry their family member did go on to another life right. and it's better to have a positive thinking in your head oh well they're in california right doing well opposed to thinking where is he? Right. Where is she? You know, Fort Wayne does have a, a large amount of missing people. Mm-hmm. And it's, like I said, it's hard to connect with anybody that has a missing person. I'm not going to slow down. I keep waiting, keep looking at. Oh, yeah. There's another young man here recently missing. Uh, Cody Rose is his name. And uh, he's missing about the same way Kevin went missing. Not in the same bar, things like that. But just mm-hmm. one minute he was there and he walked out the door and psh, he's gone. So now are you in contact with that family? Sharing? I'm in contact with okay. uh, Cody's companion. Okay. I'm, I'm in contact with him, and he comes out to my searches for Kevin. And mm-hmm. I, I say my searches, it's Java's search as well. Right. But he is a part of it. And we look for Cody as well because, Cody, you don't dismiss him. This is not sci-fi. Right. Oh, yeah. Somebody in this town knows. And I feel like in that bar is the answer. Mm-hmm. 
because if more people would, anybody would say something about, well, yeah, I saw so-and-so and him talking. Right. Then you have somebody to go talk to and say, okay, what did you guys talk about or what was the deal? Mm-hmm. Or if you have somebody get mad and he, Kevin Pushton will say, but nobody's talking. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to find any answers that way. Right. And I'm sure somebody that's missing person, they have the same situation. So you guys, have, I believe you've had put up billboards once, right? Weren't there some billboards up at some time? I, uh, I bought billboards for three years right. for Kevin. Okay. And uh, the last billboard I put up uh, was a reward billboard. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I finally told myself that money that I'm putting up for that billboard, I can put it into a reward fund. Right. And last year, I decided instead of putting up a billboard last December, the last one was two years ago, I decided to get a tree at Lakeside mm-hmm. for Kevin. Okay. So he has a tree there, and it just says Kevin Nugent forever in our hearts. Right. And uh, so I figured the money is more useful there because nobody at that bar is talking. Right. And the neighborhood's not talking. It's So it's almost like in I see it in their mind. It never happened, so there's nothing to talk about. So there is a reward for Kevin. Mm-hmm. Crime Stoppers offers a small reward. Good. But I have... Um, Offered a reward as well. Okay. Now, this question here, I, I usually ask this question a lot. You're dealing with this. Your son is dealing with this. Who are you two talking to? Who's your family talking to for support that you can, you know, spill your guts out and say, hey, this bothers me, this hurts me? Who are you guys talking to? Was I talked to Java. Okay. My son probably holds a lot of it in. And unfortunately, my son's dealing with a medical situation right now. So Kevin is forever in his thoughts. Oh, yeah. And, Ke- and Kevin's got a lot of friends that Lance has now gotten a hold of them, and they've gotten a hold of my son. And But my son is, um, I think my son knows more than he wants to say mm-hmm. because he's trying to put the pieces together. Right, right. Because the police are not helping him. Okay. So in the five years, are you still in contact with a detective? The detective that was handling Kevin's case, Scott Tagmeyer, mm-hmm. I'm to understand that he either has retired or he has moved to another department. Okay. And there's another young man that's taken over his case. And I called twice and left a message for the police for him to call me back. Mm-hmm. And I haven't heard a thing. Okay. So anyone listening to this, you'd want them to know what, in a nutshell, narrow down the night, the time, and make someone maybe say, hey, I remember I was there. Just narrow that down. Give it to the people one more time who are listening. Kevin went missing December the 9th. People say the 8th because it was a Saturday night, but it was actually after p.m. So it was December the 9th, 2018. If it was your family member, remember that hole can be closed if you have some information on Kevin. It might be the smallest of things that you think is not big enough to make a big deal about, mm-hmm. but anything is. If it was your loved one, you would be beating the streets like we have for five years. You'd be posting things on Facebook, wanting answers. But don't think that the littlest thing that you remember that night mm-hmm. would mean nothing. It means something. Right. And one piece is a grain of sand to another grain of sand. And with Kevin being gone five years now, the hole doesn't close up. Right. I'm 75. My birthday was October the 3rd. And Kevin's birthday is the 4th. 
and my birthday is nothing with my grandson. Mm -hmm. So if the world knows where Kevin is, it's been five years, and if the Lord has him, he has his spirit and his soul. Mm -hmm. But I want his earthly. Right. I want his earthly vessel. So this was all down at the Brass Rail, right? Yes, sir. Downtown in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yes, sir. Okay, that evening. Do you remember the name of the band that was playing? Maybe that would spark a memory in someone. Somehow, no. somehow or another, I was sure you was going to ask that. <laughs> I have a, I bought a folder, a tablet for Kevin, and it's got strictly nothing but Kevin's things in it, and it's that band is there. Now there was a, there was a, uh, a comedian, <clears throat> excuse me, a comedian named Dan Alton, okay. and uh, he tried to say that he never saw Kevin all the time that he was in there that night. But I have video that shows that he was talking with Kevin. Hmm. Strange. But it's things like that. I think that some people in the world don't want to come forward because right. if it can happen to Kevin, it can happen to them. Right. But uh, the bands, there were two bands that were uh, that came in there that night, mm -hmm. and then they had the house band that okay. in there. Now we'll say that a house band member volunteered to talk to Dagmar. Okay. When I found out that he had seen Kevin get his hands on by the bouncer. He did go in and talk to the police, but he talked to Scott Tagmeyer. Okay. Now, I don't know what he talked about, and I understand that, too. Right. But that is the only person that I know that has voluntarily gone in there. So anyone that knows anything, just remember that you might sweep this under the carpet, but life has a bad problem with circling back around. Mm -hmm. And they always say that karma is that B-I-T word, and if you think it ain't going to happen— it uh, somewhere along the line because I never thought of anything about missing persons or homicide because my family had never experienced any of that. Right. You know, of course, you have appendicitis or, yeah, you got a headache, mm -hmm. but a missing person, mm-mm. Hmm. So if you know something, don't be too afraid to tell right. because it's been long enough and the story has been passed around all over the place by the homeless, by the street people, by people in the bar. This town knows. Right. And there's too many ways... Java has a has a QR code on our business uh, card plus on our on our um, website, right. and it's called Sam. And I'm sure mm -hmm. Stacy had talked about that. Right. And if if anybody would just go to that, anybody that was in the bar that night, go to Java and see Sam. You can say something there, and it'll never be unless you give your name. It'll never come back to you. It, once you send it, it goes to the police. But if the police try to backtrack it, it doesn't. Right. It goes back to nobody. So please, if you know something, say something, and you can do it anonymous, and nobody would ever know. Right. But help people that, like my family and Cody's mm -hmm. family and Cody Rose, all the missing person here in mm -hmm. Fort Wayne, and homicide and drug overdose, if you just say something. Right. I hope someone listening, because this is going to be on forever, hope maybe one day someone just happens to, you know, happen upon this and listen. But I believe you and I are going to do some shows later in the near future, right, on uh, missing persons. You're going to bring a lot of them to light. Is that our plan? That's my plan. <laughs> All yep. right. And we will always keep uh, uh, Kevin in our in our hearts and mind. Thank you. And uh, you can bring that up anytime we're talking about anybody else to make sure no one forgets them. Yes. And those who maybe know something will maybe feel you know bad enough finally to say something. Yes, sir. So, Dee, I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate you taking the time. 
and I can still see how hard this is for you and your family, and you won't rest until it's done. Is that about right? Well, that's right. (laughs) And when I find the answer either here or I'll be up there and I'll find an answer. You'll find the answer one day. One day. Dee Campbell, you're also with Java. Yes, sir. But you do the missing persons part. Yes, sir. And you got pulled into this in a way you didn't want to get pulled in. No, I did not. But you're in it now, and you're fighting. I'm fighting. All right, and that's what we want to hear. Yep. Dee, thank you very much. And listeners, I hope that you take this serious enough that you listen in, and maybe, maybe something will spark a memory in you. And if it does, you know how to reach out to Java. I believe Java is uh, information. It's uh, info, I-N-F-O, at Java, J-A-V-A, fw.org so that's info at javafw.org org again d thank you very much for being here and we're going to bring this one to an end and folks thank you for listening to police pod talk and we'll catch you again next week thanks again for hanging out with us remember you can always go to police talk at gmail.com or check us out on facebook at cleveland jr or police pod talk thanks again we'll see you next week